follow as I read. We're going to pick up where we left off last week in verse 4 in this little, little short epistle. It's the shortest in the New Testament, 208 Greek words. And Paul has, or excuse me, John has has spoken about his great rejoicing as he's heard word about his good friend Gaius, a brother who has been walking faithfully in the truth. And we pick it up at verse 5. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. He's addressing Gaius in this letter. Who have, born wit- uh, who have been born witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth for his name's sake taking nothing from the Gentiles, and we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Last week we saw that Paul, or so often say Paul, and I get used to saying that, but we're in John. We find John here, his heart is overflowing with appreciation for a dear friend, his name is Gaius, and he has gotten word and he's writing back to him, and He's received word about how he is walking in the truth. And he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And so we see in this man that this truth is a vital part of his life. So it ought to be in ours. And when the truth is in us by the grace of God, it is something that will come out of us. Years ago, when Kara was a little girl, we were on vacation with our family, all of our family and all of her cousins, and uh, she was two and a half or three years old, I think, and she came around, we were, they were all playing in the yard, and she had some red stains on her face and on her fingers, and we were like, where did you get that? And she was eating some berries off of a bush there in my parents' yard. And as a good parent, you say, well, I better call the disease, or the, what is it, the... There, there you go. You've done that too. And, uh, and I, I told them what kind of bush it was, explained it best I could, but they couldn't identify it. And they said, best thing for you to do is go to the drugstore and get some Epicat. So we went to the drugstore, came home, and Kara had spit up when she was a baby, but she had never, as she gotten older, had never thrown up, didn't really know what that was about. So I was kind of joking with her. I said, Kara, you get to throw up for the first time. And I was kind of making making it fun, but it wasn't fun when it happened. So this, this was the bad father. Um, but anyway, the whole point of this illustration is that what goes in, it'll come out, right? When there is the truth that is in the believer's life, it's not going to remain there. It's going to manifest itself in our life. Here is a brother who is walking in the truth. He loves the truth. It's part of his life, and it's coming out in his life. And we see this as we go on today to look at this portion of Scripture. But we think of the good soil. Jesus said there is the seed. When it comes to the good soil, it finds root, and it bears fruit, manifold fruit. And this is what the Word of God is to do in our life. And we see this in the life of this man, Gaius. And so he is overjoyed as he thinks of this man, Gaius, that he's heard this great report, that he's walking in the truth. 
And now he wants to commend him. So as he's writing this letter, he's writing to commend his friend, to encourage him and to commend him in what he is doing. So as we look at this epistle, there are witnesses that have come back to John to tell him about this man Gaius, his friend. Now, what is their identity? These witnesses come and they speak about this lavish love that they have experienced. These are Christian workers that have gone out. And uh, they have come back. Verse 3, it says that they have testified of the truth that is in him, that is in Gaius. And then we see in, also in verse 5, uh, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren. Here are some brethren that he's mentioning. And for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. So what has happened is that John has probably sent some of these men out. They are probably missionaries or itinerant preachers. And they have gone back to some of these churches probably that John planted and John had a connection with. And he sent them there to continue this work. Paul did that in his missionary journeys. He would go and plant a church, but then he would often return to go back and to strengthen the brethren. And so maybe these are men that have gone back to do some discipleship to help them along in their faith. They don't have a New Testament Bible. Scriptures are being written at this time. And so they are going on to talk about the gospel and the implications of the gospel and what it is to walk in the truth of this gospel. So probably these men have been sent out by John, and now they are coming back and they are bearing witness. And he says there in verse 6, they have come and they speak about your love before the church. So it's kind of like the missionary coming back and giving us a report of what's going on in Romania or wherever. Well, they have come back to the church, and one of the things they are going to express is, we are so encouraged by this man Gaius what he has done for us, how he has helped us, how he has blessed us. And they speak just well of him. What a blessing he was to. Here is this big-hearted servant that has helped us as servants of the Lord. And so they've given this full mission report to John. It's encouraged John's heart. But they've also had to say, you know, there's another guy that we learned of, and his name is Diotrephes. He's causing division, and so John's going to address that. We'll look at that next week. But today we want to see how, as he receives this word, he gives commendation to him. He wants to encourage him as a result of this report. So here's these missionaries and these itinerary preachers that have come back, and here's their report. They bore witness of his faithfulness in verse 5. You do faithfully, whatever you do, for the brethren and for strangers. Here are people that had gone out that this man, Gaius, didn't even know. They were strangers to him. Not that they were strange, they were strangers. And even though he didn't know them, he received them. And, and they speak about his faithfulness. And then in verse 6, they bear witness of your love. They bear witness of your love. This is a theme that both truth and love, this is a theme that are in John's writings. First, second, and third John. I hope we've seen that. Truth and love always go together. We see it in his gospel. And so it's seen in this man. He's a man who loves the truth, who's walking in the truth, 
But he's also one who loves. And that's the way truth will affect us. It will make us to be people who love. And so here is Gaius, and he has embraced the truth. He's not kept it secret. It's been evident in his life, and it is now being manifested by loving these servants of the Lord and caring for these strangers. So he has housed them. He's cared for them. We don't know all the details, but these These servants come back and tell John, he has gone overboard to minister to us. And uh, we bear witness of his great love. When you think about Christian love, someone said Christian love is enterprising. When you have love in your heart for others, it's enterprising. You're going to find ways to demonstrate that love and show that love. Here's a man, I've got a house, I can open my home to them, and I can feed them, I can help them. And he showed this hospitality to them. So this love was consistent with the truth which he believed in his heart, and it was enterprising. May God give us hearts like that to see opportunities where we can serve, where we can minister to others with the things that God has entrusted to us. And so here... They bore witness to his love. They bore witness to his faithfulness. And now we see, secondly, that John is going to commend him and encourage him. Let me ask you this. When you're doing something or a task or something is hard and somebody just comes alongside of you and gives you a word of encouragement or commends you, isn't that most helpful to you? Maybe some of you kids uh, in some of your sports or whatever, people just say, you know, You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Well, even as adults, we like that, don't we? We like it when someone commends us or encourages us. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. We are to give honor to whom honor is due. And this Veterans Day, we thank veterans for their service to our country. And so it was with Gaius. Here's John who wants to encourage this man. Because Galatians, Paul says this, let us not become weary in what? Well-doing. Let us not become weary in well-doing. We can become weary in well-doing, can we not? And sometimes it's just a word spoken in right circumstances that encourages us, blesses us, and helps us on in following Christ. And so we see he gives a commendation for his past services. It speaks in verse 5 that they were faithful and uh, that, that he had served these men faithfully, even though they were strangers. Um, they, were, they were strangers to him. He had never met them. But yet he took them in as one of, their own, as one of his own. And he welcomed them and showed hospitality to them. So he speaks about his faithfulness. He was acting faithfully towards these servants, these brothers in the Lord. Faithfulness is something that God calls of all of us, isn't it? It is required of a man that he be found faithful, a woman that they might be found faithful in being obedient to the Lord. I've always liked this statement. I don't know who said it, but it said something to this effect that obedience... um, Faithfulness is obedience, a long obedience in the same direction. 
faithfulness is a long obedience in the same direction. It's easy to be obedient and faithful for a short while. But when it's hard, when there are difficulties and hardships, oftentimes our faithfulness can waver. But this man was faithful to long obedience in the same direction. And so he commends him for his hospitality, for his faithfulness, and his love. But he also encourages him for continued service. What you're doing, brother, is wonderful and keep it up. And I think we see this in verse 6. In the middle of the verse, it says, If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. So as you have further opportunity to do this, Gaius, may you continue to do this. May you send them forward. And that word, that phrase is the idea of as they leave you and are going on to their next part of their journey, may you continue to help them, enable them to move on and to go on in their service to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he encourages them to continue to do this. And this encouragement might be necessary at this point because there's this man, Diotrephes. He's causing trouble. He's wanting preeminence. And he's telling people not to do the very things that Gaius is doing. And John is coming alongside of him and said, Hey, brother, what you're doing, continue to do it. It's do, the, do it for the for these servants in a God-worthy manner. And as you do this, know this. Notice he says that you will do well. When you're doing this, you're doing something that is good, that is beautiful, that is commendable. And so he's encouraging him in this ministry. Now, just as we think about this man, Gaius, Just some practical applications for us as believers. And the first is this. We see the importance of a good example. How helped we are by seeing other brothers and sisters walk faithfully in following after Jesus Christ. I'm blessed by that. I'm helped by that especially when they're walking sometimes a very hard path. It's difficult. We've seen that in our church this year, haven't we? But to see them persevering and following Christ. So we are helped, and we see the importance of a good example. Paul said to Timothy, Let no man despise thy youth, but be an example to the believers. Even though you're young, Peter, or excuse me, Timothy, be a a good example to others. They may look to you. They may seek to imitate you in their life. And so we might ask ourselves this morning, am I being a good example? What my kids see in me, what my spouse sees in me, what my fellow church members see in me, do they see a, a Gaius? Do they see one who's an example that I want to follow that example? You remember Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Do we have that attitude, that kind of a spirit? Follow me as I seek to to follow Christ. We don't want to be a diatrophies. We do want to be like Gaius. 
Well, secondly, we see the importance of gospel ministry. Jesus, as he was ascending back to heaven, gave the great commission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, where he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And he calls his disciples to go into the nations. Go and make disciples of the nations. Go and spread this gospel, teaching them to observe whatever things I've commanded you, having baptized them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So here is a commission that is given to the church, and we see here in the early church, in, in these churches and in this man Gaius, there is in their mind the importance of gospel work. And Gaius sees these men who are helping to spread the gospel, and, and he himself is a part of doing that, but he can help them on. He can help them in their gospel work. This is something that is vitally important. It ought to be important to the church of Jesus Christ. It ought to be important to me individually as a Christian. Jesus said there's one thing that he is going to build. And he said, I will build my what? I will build my church. Pretty important to Jesus. And it really ought to be important to us. As we think about evangelism, as we think about sending missionaries. And I do want to say I am thankful for a church family that has a heart for missions. And I'm thankful to God. God has blessed us. He has enabled us. And I'm going to brag on our church here. I'm not going to brag on our church. I'm going to, I'm going to brag on Christ, on God. But he has enabled us for the last many years to give almost 40% of our budget to missions. I've, I've not met other churches that have done that. And I am thankful to God that he has enabled to, us to do that. And not only that, every year we have been setting aside even more money out of our savings as God has blessed us to do other things to help our missionaries. This year we were able to set aside $40,000 to help for special missionary needs. And again, I'm thankful that you have a heart that you want to do that. And I'm thankful that God has enabled us to be able to do that. And I am careful to give God all the praise and all the glory. Praise be to him. So there is to be in the heart of God's people a love to see the gospel to go forth and to go to the ends of the earth, but also here at home. I think one of the areas where we maybe need to be more faithful is in the area of our own personal evangelism and outreach as a church. And may God, by his grace, may he enable us to do that. But we see in Gaius, we see that he recognizes the importance of the gospel and the ministry of the gospel to go forth. A third thing, we see the importance of doing things well. Notice how Paul, or excuse me, John mentions this in, in verse um, 7 or verse 6. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God in a manner that is worthy of God. God has been so kind to us, hasn't he? He's been so gracious to us. And what we do for the name of Christ, we ought to do it in a way that is worthy of God. That we do it in such a way that it magnifies the 
generous heart of God, the kindness of God that we have received. Paul says in Philippians or Ephesians 4, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet, smelling aroma so that what you do may you do it in a way that is going to reflect well upon this God who has been so magnanimous towards us do your service as unto the Lord and in a way that will magnify the kindness that we have received from him as well and then we see the importance of godly motives. This is so important in our Christian life. And we often have to ask ourselves, why am I doing the things that I am doing? I ask that of myself every time I come to preach. And my prayer is the prayer of John the Baptist, he must increase and I must decrease. And what is the motive of why we do the things that we do? And we see here in verse 7, because they went forth, these messengers that went out, these servants of Christ that went out, they went out for his name's sake. We don't find the name Jesus Christ, the personal name here in Third John. It's the only Bible, only, only book in the uh, New Testament, I think, that doesn't have the personal name of Jesus Christ. But here he's made mention of. It's his name. It's for the sake of his name. Whose name? Christ. This is done for the sake of Christ. This is what motivated. This is what stirred these men up to service and no doubt Gaius as well. This is the motivation to do it for his name's sake. Diotrephes was all concerned about himself, of having the preeminence. But here we see these hearts of men who are seeking, men and women who are seeking to do it for his name's sake. So we are to do it in a manner that is worthy of God, and we're to do it for his name's sake. Colossians 3.17, Paul says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And whatever you do, verse 23, do it heartily, to the Lord and not to men. May God help us to be servants like this, that we do our heart, our work, whatever we do in the name of Christ, that we do it heartily as to him and for his name's sake. And then lastly, we see the importance of being a team, a team player. In verse 8, John says, we... And it's emphatic in the Greek. It's we, so he's emphasizing all of us here. We, therefore, ought to receive such, these messengers that go out, these servants of the Lord, we ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. In other words, we're a part of the team. We may not be going like some of them are, but we can support, we can do things to help. We can serve in various ways. So here is Gaius, who's opened his home, is given of his own 
uh, things that he has to help the cause of Christ. And he's reminded that he's a fellow worker. And this ought to be something that describes us, that we're on this team and we're all called to be a part, to do our part, whatever it might be, to help the church, to help the promotion of the gospel, to promote missionary work, taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And there are many ways in which we can do that. We read this morning, or Ken read from Matthew 25 this morning, as we think about service, sometimes it's just in simple, ordinary ways, isn't it? Giving a cup of cold water in the name of Christ. Helping a brother or sister. When I was in Moldova years ago, had been in Romania, was able to go to Moldova to do some training there. We stayed in a home. There were like six of us, and this couple stayed with her parents and gave us their home to stay in. It wasn't real big, and we stayed there. And every night we would come back to this house, and we had walked the dirty streets. It had been raining, and they don't have pavement. And every, our shoes were muddy. We would set our, 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 our shoes and our boots outside the door. And this dear lady that took us into her house came down from her parents' house that just lived right across the street. And she, every night, washed our shoes and our boots, quietly, unseen. But we get up in the morning, and we had clean, clean boots. I was so blessed, so encouraged by that. So here, Jesus says, you give a cup of cold water, you visit, you write a card, whatever it is, you, you can encourage and bless others. But we are to be fellow workers. We're to work together for the promotion of the good of the church of Jesus Christ, for the building up of, it, up of itself in love, and to see the promotion of the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. May God make us to be such fellow workers as this, that we would do this, and it is a, is a way of, in, in small ways, serving and encouraging uh, the people of God in, in a variety of ways. So what has God placed in my hands? What ways can I serve? What ways can I encourage? What ways can I help see the gospel to go forth? What ways can I give? Does my checkbook reflect gospel focus? Am I concerned about the things of Christ? Well, a closing verse in 1 Peter 4.10. Peter says this, As each one of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. May God, by his grace, make that to be more and more true of us. And I thank God for the evidence of that in our body. So if you will, take your hymn book as we close. This morning we want to just sing this simple hymn.